packs. You got... <laughs> we are Defenders of the Night, the most trusted source for top-to-bottom coverage of everyone's favorite mid-90s animated program, Gargoyles. I am your host, Egon Pax. And I am your other host, Egon Pax. And today we're covering Egon Pax, season Egon Pax, episode Egon Pax, Egon Pax. <laughs> How long should we do this? Today, Liz, we're covering Gargoyles, season three, episode 11, to serve mankind. Yes. Now, this episode aired November 30th, 1996. It was directed by our best friend in the whole wide world, Charles. Egon Pax. Best. <laughs> And it was written by Egon Pax. <laughs> Autobiographical episode. <laughs> Actually, it was written by legendary comics writer Lynn Wein. Hmm. Or so it's credited on Wikipedia. But this gets a little messy because if you go to the episode's IMDb page, it was written by Eric Leewald. But if you look at Eric's IMDb page, Liz, he's not credited as the writer for this episode. He's credited as executive story editor. What? But weirder still, at the end credits, they do list Lynn Ween as the writer and Eric Leewald as story editor, but not executive story editor. What the fuck? It's quite a conundrum. <laughs> Are you familiar with Lynn Ween? I don't know. Am I? I mean, he has been a comic book writer since like the 70s. Mm. So he's deep in comic book history, but he's also written for animation, dating back all the way to the Transformers in 1986, but as recently as an episode of Harley Quinn. Man, that's a really long career. Yeah. And he still writes comics and stuff, too. But, you know, he wrote for Batman the Animated Series. He wrote for Young Justice. So we're spanning decades. He's written movies. Dude's a legend. Cool. Don't know how I feel about this episode, but... <laughs> yeah, this is a weird one, man. I just rewatched it before we started recording, and I am still left not entirely sure what I'm supposed to think. <laughs> but before we get started today, listeners, just a quick reminder that if you don't leave Defenders of the Night a five-star rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, the person you were going to ask to the big dance is totally going to stand you up and go with the cool jock instead. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Damn, what a threat. Listen, that's just how it goes. <laughs> it's out of our hands at this point. Exactly. Out of our hands. <laughs> so, Liz, this week, we start off with Goliath and the bros as they're on the lookout for new gargoyles? Apparently, Dreamboat got a hot tip from... Oh, someone. Yeah, they never come back to that. And seeing as where this part goes, we should really evaluate her tips, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so the dudes are searching the rooftops when they spot a couple of some kind of somebodies with wings. And they swoop down, but our mysterious winged wonders take off running. Running. <laughs> I mean, that should throw up some red flags. We all know that's not a gargoyle strong suit. Luckily, they're on the rooftops and not on the streets, or they would be street pizza. <laughs> and they're only running on their legs. They're not even using their arm action. That's true. Hmm. Intrigue. <laughs> but the Brogoyles find claw marks and a door that's been ripped off its hinges. And that is a clear sign of gargoyles. So, I mean, God, what do we do here? They're hoping to find some new friends. Oh, God. Or as Brooklyn says, new female friends. Why? He is desperate to touch a boob or something. Desperation's not cute, man. I mean, I guess within the comfort of his bros, he's a little more open. 
But I mean, he doesn't hide desperation anytime he's around a female that he thinks he has a chance with either. That's true. I don't know. This guy really needs to masturbate or something. <laughs> I don't know. Just get some good advice from an older yeah. gargoyle. Maybe talk to Hudson about the ladies. I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he needs to take that red pill. Maybe just go all the way. <laughs> Gross. So I am curious about the claw marks and all that. They're just like, oh, we're going to be very detailed with this plot. For a little while. To convince these gargoyles. Because they start running. They're still running. They're in this like art studio thing. They're statues. So, you know, it's a whole like, oh, is that a statue or is that a gargoyle? What is it? Turns out neither because it's a human in a gargoyle suit. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is a weird trick. Right? Liz, before they see the humans in gargoyle suits, I don't know if you saw Lex hacking the system. <laughs> he uses his tech brilliance and he reconfigures the light matrix. I'm sorry. He flipped a switch. That's what I meant. I like how he happened to be standing right next to the switch. He's like, why are we in the dark? Flip. Which is very <laughs> strange because the switch is on an exterior wall that is floor to ceiling windows, not by the entrance to the room, which is where an electrician would put a light switch. You don't put a light switch on the opposite side of the room from where you enter. That's not how rooms is. <laughs> I know this is very minor, has nothing to do with anything. That's just not how lighting works. It's also just very odd that he happens to stop right next to it with the group. And he's just like, yeah. all right, cool. We have light now. He is brilliant. I have to say, these human men wearing gargoyle suits, they really went all out in their cosplay. Like, they look good. Well, as we learn here in a minute or two, they are Illuminati funded. Yeah, so they have a lot of money. But you're right. These impressive costumes with the gloves that can leave claw marks and steel and whatever and stone. You know what? They probably got it from Deluxe. Mm. Maybe they went to Deluxe and they were like, hey, we need some convincing gargoyle costumes. Don't ask any questions. And he's like, well, I happen to have a closet full, so you're in luck. I make them for fun. <laughs> this is what my son and I do for funsies, okay? It's arts and crafts <laughs> weekends, yeah. <laughs> so these two Chad motherfuckers are like, screw you, M-words, and then descend via a hidden floor panel. It's very dramatic. <laughs> Also, they're at the top of a very tall building. Do you think this hidden floor panel goes to ground level or below? Or does it just go down a couple flights? <laughs> they have to take the stairs the rest of the way. Secret elevator. And you're like, wait, what is this weird like tunnel thing in the middle of the yeah. room? <laughs> or just an open hole that every floor it just opens up. And what if they get to one floor and it doesn't open up all the way? Well, I guess they're getting out and walking. Oh, God, that would be so embarrassing for your dramatic exit. <laughs> So this all pisses off Goliath, obviously. And that in and of itself isn't really a big deal until the exits all begin to seal as windows and doors are covered with steel panels and gas gets pumped into the room via the vents. The last thing that the gargoyles see as they cough and gag and drop to the floor unconscious is a couple of human-shaped figures. As one says, so far, so good. Humans are very creepy in this episode. And that had rapey vibes. I mean, yeah, this whole thing being like kidnapped and tortured, like rape just kind of seems like <laughs> the next step. <laughs> yeah, like if Deluxe hadn't stepped in when he did later in the episode, it would have gone very, very tragically. Yeah. So from there, we move to Broadway alone in a giant room. And this is when you kind of start figuring out like, oh, each of the gargoyles are kind of separate from each other. Broadway is not a happy camper. <laughs> T 
to put that mildly. He's very upset. He's trying to escape. It's obviously not working. And we see someone in a hood because the show loves their hoods <laughs> at a control panel of a wall of monitors. Because is this, is this Big Mac's old digs? <laughs> he, he has it up as an Airbnb and the Illuminati are like, oh, great. We could use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This hooded man is watching through all the TVs. And he pushes a button that begins to flood Broadway's cell. Liz, is this one of the episodes where gargoyles can't swim? You know, they like throwing that at us sometimes. But other times they're <laughs> fine. <laughs> Just depends what the plot needs. Yeah. Well, Lex is also in his own room. He he gets to stay dry, but does have to battle a fucking jaguar. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, what? Oh, you know, just have some extra jaguars laying around. <laughs> oh, I found a jaguar in the basement. Well, let's use him for torture. You read my mind. The most kitty cat of all the gargoyles has to fight a giant kitty cat. And boy, this guy looks hungry. Mm. Well, Lexington looks like a snack. <laughs> yeah, he does. And of course... <laughs> Brooklyn can't be left alone. Uh, he also must be tortured. Oh, are there so. just pictures of babes on the wall? <laughs> but his arms are like tied so he can't like do anything. And she's like, yeah. no, all the babes. <laughs> just let me touch it. <laughs> Actually, he gets tortured by temperature play. So, you know, gets real fucking hot, then real, real cold. Wait. You made it sound like it's a sexual thing. Is that a thing? <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> you know, when people like mess with candle wax because it's hot or ice cubes and they have a blindfold on. So I don't know. <laughs> Liz, I feel like if I couldn't see, but someone put an ice cube on my body, I would be able to tell it was an ice cube. Well, yeah, but it's cold and, and you're like, oh, and you don't know where it's going to go next. <laughs> I just assume everything's going up the butt. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my god. Temperature play. It's just a phrase that I have <laughs> not heard before. Okay. So Brooklyn is being tortured with temperatures, extreme temperatures. Temperature play. Yeah, no, I, I gotta know. We're all on the same page here. And the asshole in the cloak is watching it all happen from the safety of his TV room. Yeah. And from there we cut to the cloaked asshole's TV room. And Liz, as it turns out, he's got a totally valid reason for this torture. Fortunate creatures. To be able to perform such a valuable service to mankind. By studying the results of these experiments in survival instinct analysis, primal fear suppression, and climatic tolerance, we will learn a great deal from a species so near our own, so animalistic, yet psychologically so human. Oh, okay. <laughs> he turns to face the camera, Liz, and it's revealed to be... <gasps> Some guy! Okay. Yeah. Also, he's got Goliath with him. Right. Strapped into some weird H.R. Geiger sex device. <laughs> this guy. What a kinky motherfucker. Yeah, he's got Goliath. His arms and legs are tied back. He's wearing some kind of sexy Matrix helmet. And Goliath calls this cloaked dildo cruel. And cloaked dildo is like, Me? I'm just executing the will of Egon Pax. Listeners, write that name down. It's going to be important. Oh, my God. So many times. And then I was, of course, like, oh, Egon Pax, of course. <laughs> we all, I knew Egon Pax from the Ghostbusters, right? 
Yeah, I do like how they say it as if we're supposed to fucking know who the hell that is. And we're just like, okay. Liz, it should be a real (laughs) honor for Goliath to have been chosen. And he's like, uh, (laughs) this doesn't feel like an honor. I don't like the sex helmet. (laughs) Mm. I don't feel safe here exploring my kinks. (laughs) I wasn't given a safe word. This doesn't feel right. Yeah, so all the gargoyles are being pretty much lab rats. Like, he literally is like, ah they're gargoyles like whatever which is insane to me like if you know gargoyles are rare and you want to experiment on them why are we going to like do things that could probably most likely kill them you have a limited source of them yeah i wonder if he would allow them to survive if he saw them actually succumbing to this torture Hmm. well liz as we move towards an ad break the cloaked dildo hits a button on his torture controls opening a nearby circular window and We're greeted by the sun! (gasps) Or that's how the episode tries to make us feel, but, you know, Goliath's not a vampire, just a gargoyle, so he turns to stone. Wouldn't he have turned to stone regardless? The window tries to add a sense of drama to the situation, but they just turn to stone during the daylight. That's what happens. Right, it's not when the sun touches you, it's during the right time of day. Like, we've seen them turn to stone inside cages and trains and, like, anything that's enclosed, like, they still turn to stone. Yeah, we didn't need the sun to have a dramatic reveal. I guess that's just to give you an idea of the time of day now. Like, it's been that long that the sun is rising. Maybe. Anyway, the cloaked dildo strokes Goliath's stone cheek as he says something like, We have such sights to show you. And we are off to a break. Thank God. Thanks for listening. Help others find our show by rating and reviewing on iTunes. Check out CalamityCast.com for even more content. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to get in touch and let us know how we're doing. If you like what you hear and you want to help keep the lights on, consider becoming a regular CalamityCast contributor on Patreon. Or if you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do so at PayPal.me CalamityCast. We appreciate your support and your donations truly make a difference. Hey, we're back. And unfortunately, so are these hooded creeps. (laughs) Yeah. And as we spoiled earlier, it's the Illuminati. Which has been a hot minute since we've had anything to do with them. Yeah. I kind of forgot that that was like a whole season of of plots for a bit. Yeah, they really tried to stretch it out. I assume we've been to this building a few times. I feel like they've got one headquarters. Is this the same Illuminati torture house that they were at like in season one was that season one? Oh my god i don't even remember now season two was so long that i don't actually have any concept of yeah what happened before the world tour happened that is a fair <laughs> point i would like to think that it is the same building because like why not why not you know you got the real estate they own it surely <laughs> i mean yeah how else would you explain to your landlord all your torture chambers sex stuff <laughs> if the landlord came in just say uh oh that's for doing sex Anyway, it's Illuminati. They're in a room and all wearing their hoods and being very ominous (laughs) until suddenly they're not. And they're like, hey, I'm talking now. Yeah. Why? Why with the hoods? Where's Matt Bluestone? We do see him at some point, but not hooded. So it's just like, but Matt is Illuminati, but maybe he's not important enough. Like he's just like one of their minions. Oh, maybe he's not an inner circle guy. Yeah. Okay. They're talking about the global financial system and shadow wars and You know, fucking with the gargoyles. All of equal importance, I'm sure. (laughs) 
And Dr. Dildo's there. So he's kind of giving like a little PowerPoint presentation of how torture's going. It's going well. It's going well. Look, I got some examples for all of you to enjoy. And to change the channel between the gargoyles, he like wiggles his fingers because they're watching like holograms and stuff. I'm like, use a remote, you tool. <laughs> a little clicker. For some reason, he tells the committee of sex toys, which is what I've called this subcommittee here. I don't know why. I love your brain. <laughs> he tells the committee of sex toys about Egon Pax, a man these idiots all surely know about. Egon Pax. Beloved peacemaker in the fighting among the shattered remnants of the former nation of Latvonia. Pax will arrive in New York tonight to address a gathering of world leaders in hope of securing their help toward a permanent peace. Since our front industries supply weapons to all sides in the war, for us, Egon Pax is a very dangerous man. I like slash hate when a show or a book or whatever tells characters something that obviously the characters know. It's like, well, I know you know this and you know I know this, but let's say it anyway. <laughs> let's talk about it like we don't know it for reasons unknown. Just pretend there's an audience of people watching us right now and we have to explain it to them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting because you're like, oh, uh, he was telling Goliath that he's the leader. Hmm. And now we're learning... Oh, actually, he's a president who likes peace. And the Illuminati is like, but we sell weapons. So that's not cool. The Illuminati does a lot of shit, though. So, like, why is this a huge deal? Like, why are we trying to assassinate world leaders? Like, just keep selling weapons. There are so many countries you can sell weapons to. Whatever. Right. Like, that's one little country. America's never going to get rid of their fucking weapons. <laughs> Neither are, like, any of the other countries. So you're good. Yeah, I'm sure this selling weapons to this particular war that Egon Pax is trying to stop or whatever the fuck he's trying to do, I don't remember, is such a small amount of their weapons income that it's like fucking chump change. Yeah, the only thing is, I guess they're kind of scared that he's going to become like a Gandhi or something that people start listening to and following and... Wanting to be like, oh, well, see how that works for whatever country he's from. Like, we should follow suit. Yeah, and we all know how Gandhi stopped all of the wars. <laughs> it was the first name that popped. Oh, this guy really likes peace. <laughs> Those seeking world peace are doing such a bang-up job. Fucking losers. <laughs> Where's all that peace you guys keep promising? I don't even know who I'm yelling at. <laughs> So the Illuminati, they want a Manchurian candidate, old Goliath, to do the job of killing Egon Pax. That's what that movie was about, right? I don't even know what you're referencing here. The Manchurian candidate? <laughs> I have not seen that. It was a movie from the 60s, and then later a remake was done with Denzel Washington. Oh. And I think this is the plot, basically. Oh, okay. But again, I didn't see it. Anyway, we have to move back to Dr. Dildo's Dildo Lab. Nice, nice. Where he continues torturing the gargoyles all the while he works towards brainwashing Goliath. He chants over and over that Goliath's bros are going to be tortured because Egon Pax, Egon Pax, it's all his fault, Egon Pax! And as Goliath attempts to avoid the mental conditioning, Egon Pax, he asks a pretty smart Egon Pax question. Why do you want me to stop, <laughs> Egon Pax, the man you claim to follow? Egon Pax! Yeah. It's a good question. It is a good question because Egon Pax. the first thing that Goliath is told is, hey, this is my leader. We follow him. You're honored to be chosen. And now he's being told something else. And thank God Goliath is like, has a pretty strong brain and will that he's like, hold on, can we stop the brainwashing for a second? I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> put, a, put a pin on this, right? <laughs> 
Man, people really like taking over Goliath's brain. He got packs. Yeah. Dr. Dildo just kind of dodges this logical and very good question. He tells Goliath, hey, buddy, if you want your bros to live through this, you got to destroy Egon Pax. And to be fair, that is like the best way to get Goliath to do something is threaten his people. Yeah, Egon Pax. Yeah. And then Dr. Dildo jams a weird looking computer chip thing into Goliath's neck. <laughs> you put computer chips in vaccines, Dr. Dildo. Everyone knows that. What are yeah. you doing, you fucking idiot? And then it's just stuck in you and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Come on, man. This is just there on the surface, right where it's reachable. Yeah, and you know that's got to be itchy. Oh, so itchy. Oh, Egon Pax. Yeah, so, okay. Yes. There's a chip that is going to, in theory, be controlling him. Then why are we already brainwashing him? Like, Is this just the extra level of brainwashing? Or does it send signals into his body of, like, they can control him that way? Or I don't get it. They don't really explain the chip at all. Just that it's there and it does something. I think that the chip helps finish the job because once the chip is in Goliath's neck, Dr. Dildo chants the name Egon Pax for 30 actual literal seconds, Liz. Oh my God. No wonder I was going fucking crazy watching this. At least two dozen times. (laughs) It's a bit much. Right. Like, I feel like they could have easily, like, given that same feeling by just, like, having it go, like, Eon packs and kind of, like, fade out into, like, the next scene. So, you're like, while he's in the middle of saying it, so you're like, oh, okay, he's just going to stand there and chanting it for a while. But we don't need to actually listen to it happening. I think (laughs) that Dr. Dildo should have gotten really close to Goliath and in his ear whispered, Egon as he licked around the earlobe. Uh, ah. Although if I was Goliath, then I would break free and murder Dr. Dillo to just get some fucking peace and quiet, you know? <laughs> In the future, when Dreamboat is trying to get all sexy with him and like, you know, nibbling on his ear, he's gonna be like, ah, nope! <laughs> it's ruined forever. He's been <laughs> conditioned. Exactly. I guess this whole fucking weird situation works. Because and a just downright exhausted Goliath mumbled, Egon Pax. <laughs> Egon Pax, Egon Pax. He done been brainwashed, y'all. Oh, no. It worked. But you know, it's just a little too late because according to Dr. Dildo, Egon Pax straight up murdered the Palgoyles. Oh, my God. Oh, if only you could have succumbed sooner. You could have convinced him to, you know, not murder your buddies. Anyway, you're free to go. Bye-bye. And he's like, what? <laughs> and now he's angry. Yeah. And he's freed from the Matrix H.R. Geiger sex helmet. <laughs> so now he won't stop saying Egon Pax, which has started to drive me insane at this point. So there's that. <laughs> Egon Pax. Goliath leaves, hellbent on finding. Um, uh, uh, God, what's the guy's name? Egon Pax. Oh, yeah. He's going to go find that guy and just super duper kill him. Yeah. Which I'm... At this point, not even a little convinced. In the episode, Goliath doesn't kill people that actually deserve it. He's not going to go kill Egon Pax. What do you think this episode is trying to make the viewers believe? In like 1996, what is this episode trying to trick viewers into thinking? I don't know. That even strong-willed people like Goliath can be convinced to do shit they don't want to do? I don't buy it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a very smart, super intelligent guy. (laughs) I can't be Egon Pax, Egon Pax. (laughs) Anyway, Egon Pax. Will be Egon Pax. In the year 2100, the Earth's cybernetically enhanced population threatened to tear down everything America held dear. 
Free speech, drive-through liquor stores, and guns. So many guns. After much deliberation, it was decided that, if America and its superior values were to survive the coming robocalypse, there was only one option. Get the fuck out. The next hundred years saw the construction of Space America, the galaxy's newest and brightest star. If you value adventure, good times, and cyborg fistfights, find your place in Space America. Space America. No cyborgs need apply. Subscribe to Space America on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or check out CalamityCast.com. Egon Pax! Egon Pax! Egon Pax, Egon Pax. Ah, Egon Pax. Malkovich, I mean Egon Pax. (laughs) Everyone, we're back. We are in Broadway's cell, and as it turns out, this is one of those episodes where gargoyles can't swim. It's okay, because just as Broadway's head goes under the water... It begins to drain. Okay, quick question. Yeah. How fucking slow was this water that all of this is happening? A whole entire meeting happened. Brainwashing Goliath happened, and he's just about to go under. I mean, do you think that's more torturous, though, to have it go super slowly? Probably. The whole, like, anxiety of, oh, God, this is about to happen. Any minute. And then the water's like, mm Not yet. Just gonna drag it out. <laughs> it's like someone's peeing to fill this room up. Does that mean he turned stone while it was still filling up? Because Goliath turned to stone. Yeah, they all turned to stone then. So it does mean that. Huh. And it takes not nearly as long to drain. <laughs> when the room is finally emptied, a door opens up, and a familiar sensual voice asks Broadway if he's okay. And he's like, no, I'm not okay, you hooded dildo. I'm going to punch you. Broadway, like, I know you're very on edge right now because you've been tortured for like two nights in a row. I get it. But like, come on, by now, don't you know Deluxe's voice? Wow, you're really spoiling it here, Liz. Well, if the listener doesn't know that's Deluxe's voice either, get the fuck out of here. That's fair. (laughs) And this mysterious, sexy hooded dildo is like, will you stop swiping at me? I'm here to help you. And he dodges some punches. And and I was sitting on my couch like, dude, take the hood off. Right. (laughs) And of course, like you said, it's deluxe. He's got that silky, smooth, I was going to say silky, buttery voice, like silky butter. Ooh, yeah. Being that it's deluxe is no comfort to Broadway, who is angry that deluxe is up to his old shit again. Xanatos, you did this to us? Shut up and listen, Broadway. I'm saving your life. The Illuminati, your hosts here, accept only the most powerful into their ancient order. Though I occasionally find my membership distasteful, it often proves useful, as it did today. Broadway, shut up! Like, I get it, you're stressed out, but please just shut up, we don't have much time, I need to explain what I'm doing. (laughs) He's gonna jailbreak the gargoyles, yeah! Fucking Deluxe really got just great in season three. (laughs) They move down to Lex's cell, and... When Deluxe opens the door, they peek in like a couple of fucking goobers. Liz, do you see my visual aid here? Yes, what are those faces? They hear some growls and they're like, I'm not going in, you go in. (laughs) Deluxe really looks like someone just beat up his favorite robot. They're tussling with my pal going in there. Oh, no. (laughs) Season one, Deluxe would never make this expression. (laughs) No, well, he's softened since having a kid, you know? Yeah, I think he was starting to soften even before that a little bit. Quite a journey our man Deluxe has been on. Yeah. They're concerned for Lexington, but he kind of just like- But not enough to go in. (laughs) No, no. They're like, uh- Hope he's okay. (laughs) And his cell is just like pitch dark. And he slowly just like slithers out. He's like, hey guys, (laughs) I might be small, but I'm still a gargoyle. What does that mean? 
He's strong. He's strappy. I might be small, but I still killed a couple of jaguars. (laughs) (laughs) What? And he didn't. They're still alive. We see their glowing eyes behind him. Do you think being a gargoyle means you're a big cat tamer? I might be small, but I still can tame big cats. Maybe, because, I mean, otherwise... Why are the jaguars just like, hi guys, or like right behind him? Like, do you think they would still be fighting if he hadn't like befriended them somehow? It was a weird sentiment. <laughs> but yeah, he beat them or trained them. It'd be great if in the following two episodes, he's got a couple of big cat pals. <laughs> and the mutates are like, hey, what? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like that feels a little, well, a little bit like having a Bronx. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then they move on to Brooklyn cell and I don't know, he just got sex tortured a whole bunch and he's just exhausted. He's lying on the floor and they got to scoop him up. <laughs> it's all that temperature play. I'm telling you. Yeah. That temperature play and all those posters of hot babes on the wall. <laughs> they scoop him up off the floor and out of a huge puddle of his own. Ew. Yeah. That wasn't water on the floor. <laughs> no, they had to use like a snow shovel to like really get him up. Deluxe is like, what the fuck? I did not sign up for this. You guys jizz so much. And Broadway and Lex were like, no, that's not normal. (laughs) We jizz a normal amount. (laughs) Anyway. They're asking where Goliath is, and he's not there. Deluxe is like, yeah, we got to hurry up, boys. We got to go save him. From himself. (gasps) Whatever do you mean? No, not going to tell? Okay. (laughs) Nope. From there, we move to the streets. Where we see a motorcade. They're transporting. Oh, fuck. What is this guy's name? Egon Pax. That doesn't sound right. It's probably not important. Anyway, he's getting a police escort back to his hotel as Goliath angrily watches from above. I think he's more angry here than we've ever seen him before. Where the fuck is Angela? Oh, she, well, someone's got to defend the night elsewhere. That's true. She's like, man, they've all been gone for a long time. What's happening? Well, this is one of those times where it doesn't matter when, you know, four of your clan just disappear for a few nights. <laughs> Back down in the old car, President, uh, what's his name? I don't, it doesn't matter. Asks Boris for some American radio. Ugh. Whatever they're playing, no thank you. <laughs> he stares out the window like a kid that had to leave the birthday party early. And he whines about not getting a feel for the city, man. Like, what is he wanting? Like, is he just sad that because he's president, he has to be surrounded by his goons all the time and like can't just go out and have funsies? What is his deal here? I do not know, but he just can't feel the power. <laughs> Well, his sadness is short-lived because <laughs> just then, Goliath fucking rips the roof off the vehicle and he's just like, I'm here. He got packs. Yeah, and El Presidente <laughs> here reacts like they just hit a pothole a little too hard. Like, oh, oh no, be careful, driver. Not a guy fucking ripped a hole in the roof of your car. And Goliath is just going to town on that roof, boy. Hey, and then suddenly Matt Bluestone appears. Yeah, he just happened to be... Driving to, I don't know, pick up some dinner or something. Do you think he's aware of this Illuminati plot? Or do we think because he's not like in the inner circle? How does he know if he should be on Illuminati side or Detective Matt side? Like, I don't know if you can ever really be on the Illuminati side. But I think once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Like being in a gang, he got jumped in and it's real hard to get out. Meanwhile, I mean, Deluxe is going against them. So I guess Matt surely can too. Yeah. But I don't think that he is aware of this plot because, again, if we're deciding that he isn't in that inner circle, then Bluestone probably just, 
I don't know. He's probably a member in name only. You know, he's got the card. He's got the pin, but he doesn't go to the meetings every month. You know, they gave him that to shut him up and stop trying to find out their information. Yes. <laughs> OK, now UFOs, they're real, right? The Illuminati's like, yeah, they're real. Now go, just go away. Here's your pen. Get the fuck out of here. Ancient aliens. I fucking knew it. Yeah, so Matt's just like, he's seen all this happen through like his mirror or whatever. And he's just like, oh shit, what's happening over there? <laughs> what is Goliath doing? <laughs> Buddy, it turns out it's an assassination attempt on a head of state. So we should probably investigate that further. Well, Goliath does actually make it through the roof of the car and throws the Secret Service guys like they're rag dolls. He's just like, get out of here. <laughs> Bye, Boris. <laughs> it most definitely killed poor Boris. At the very least, he has to be awfully damaged. His tailbone is broken for sure, if nothing else. <laughs> well, and then Goliath grabs El Presidente. As they glide away, the car swerves to a stop, and the NYPD show up just a few seconds too late, as is their general MO. Yeah. Once it's safe, that's when the cops arrive. Seriously? Every time. Yeah, once it's safe for the cops. God damn. Oh, the danger's gone. Let's move in, boys. <laughs> we move on to a nearby rooftop where Goliath plans to do the deed. El Presidente isn't really sure what's going on because, you know, he's a pretty chill guy overall. I do not know why you have attacked me. All my life, I have been a man of peace. And the word peace jogs something in Goliath's mind, but he shakes it off. Because, as we all know, El Presidente is a known liar. A damn hell-ass liar. And killed his bros. Yeah, he killed the bros, obviously, and that must not go unpunished, Liz. Egon Pax. Why do you keep saying that? What does it mean? <laughs> so, down below in the streets, where there's a gaggle of police gathered, they just are like, oh, let's just start shooting our guns to the rooftop that's many stories high, where the president is these look and sound like laser rifles right okay i made that note too because i was like does everyone just have fucking lasers now because initially you see them and you just see like the boom flash because it's dark and they're shooting the gun but then you see the red lasers yeah you hear pews <laughs> i'm like is this for the sake of us visually being able to see where they're shooting or do they fucking have lasers because what there's no bang bangs liz there's only pew pews right and it's bizarre matt bluestone however quickly puts a stop to that shit because hey idiots you're shooting at a foreign dignitary good on you matt bluestone <laughs> good on you yeah where's dreamboat she is waiting for matt to bring dinner back to the police station <laughs> Like, you're the one that gave this fucking tip to your palgoyles, little lady. Like, what the fuck? Where are you? It was Matt's turn to make the food run. She's just waiting. <laughs> she doesn't know about any of this. <laughs> She's like, man, I really haven't seen Goliath in a while. That's weird. She's just sitting back at the precinct hangry. <laughs> so Goliath is about to kill the president. But luckily, the Brogoyles show up and they're like, hey, 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 we're live. Please don't do that, Goliath. Yeah, no need <laughs> to go murdering presidents on our account. It's us, your bros. And you'd think that would be convincing enough, Liz, but the brainwashing has left Goliath knowing only one thing. Ego snacks has got to be destroyed. I get it. Waffles are delicious, <laughs> but I don't know what that's got to do with El President. <laughs> I mean, I could fuck up a waffle or two right now. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't know. You said fuck up a waffle. So. Listen, I don't feel like I needed to know that waffles are a thing for you. So, 
we're friends, but we're not that close. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. The Brogoyles can't stop Goliath, and he even, like, tosses him aside. Get out of my way. I have a mission to complete. Which I think is making waffles now. Oh, wait, no. I've lost the thread of this episode. So he goes back to trying to murder. Oh, okay, right. But El Presidente being the peace man that he is, it's like, hey, man, like, there's no need for this. Let's just take a deep breath and chill. Just do some calming breathing, man. Get some yoga action going. Yeah, get a cup of yogurt. It's going to be fine. Violence isn't the answer. <laughs> Eat some waffles. What a fucking annoying hippie. Oh, God, now I want to kill this guy. <laughs> Goliath sets old what's-his-name down, and we get this needlessly long sequence of him struggling with his new programming and close-up shots of the glowing chip at his neck and Egon Pax, whatever that means. <laughs> it's fine. It's just too long. It is. It's a bit much. Like, we know he's going to overcome this thing, so, like, come on, speed it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, come on. But it starts, like, sizzling in his neck. It, like, shuts off, and so he's just, like, and then throws it to the ground, and it's still kind of sizzling on the ground. It's like a tick. But he doesn't destroy it immediately. Like, you would have thought the moment he threw it on the ground, he would have been like, and stomp. He, like, <laughs> wants to look it in the eye. <laughs> and smashes it with his hand, and it turns into, like, a giant plume of smoke. Why Why is that tiny thing emitting so much smoke? How could it have been emitting smoke? Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he stops it and destroys it. And the brainwash is over. His brain is washed. He's the long cycle. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. El Presidente's like, hey, good job, man. <laughs> <laughs> Things are not killing me. Yeah, it was neat that you chose peace over violence. Especially because that meant I'm alive. <laughs> and I do love being alive. And, you know, the bros reassure Goliath that his acts weren't really his choice. It was the Illuminati that done did it. El Presidente's guards finally arrive. I mean, they had to wake up from unconsciousness first. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. And they had to run up like 50 flights of stairs. And I don't know if you've ever had to run up flights of stairs when you have a concussion, but it ain't fun. Have you? I mean, yeah, I played softball having <laughs> a concussion. <laughs> okay. All right. I made all the wrong choices when I had a concussion. Oh, heavens. <laughs> so the guards, they get the president in the clear. And as soon as the cops see that El Presidente is no longer in their line of sight, they start shooting the rooftop again. <laughs> With no clear view of the gargoyles. It's like, for all these assholes, no, the gargoyles took off from the other side of the building, but they just wanted to shoot some lasers, man. Until they're like, show yourselves. And then the, all the gargoyles literally walk to the edge of the building. And they're like, hello. Okay. Why did you do that? <laughs> so they do. They try to escape. And Lex shouts out, oh, goddamn, what fresh hell is this? As a helicopter descends on them. Come on. But like, don't you think by now they should know what Deluxe's helicopter looks like? Right. Like, how many times has he just been like, hey, guys, what's up? I'm in my helicopter. I'm in my jet copter. It's <laughs> <laughs> big enough to fit all of you. And he's flying the chopper himself. He's a good man. I feel like he keeps going on these solo missions without Fox because he's like, I need some daddy time alone. <laughs> yeah, he just wants to hang out with his bros, man. <laughs> So the gargoyles make their escape as Dr. Dildo watches from the streets below. And 
I guess he's in trouble. I don't know. Like, he's in a suit, and he kind of just has this, like, ugh, I fucked up. You know, another cloaked dildo grabs his wrist, because it looks like he's going to get a talking to. A stern word from dear leader. I don't know who's in charge of the Illuminati. I was going to try and name drop him, but I don't know. They're going to throw him into one of his torture rooms. Say, see how he likes the Jaguars. Well, they've been trained now, so it's fine. But only for Lex. Oh, okay. All right. Well, fuck Dr. Dildo. Screw that guy. So let's go home. Let's go home. So we're at Castle Wyvern. And the sun is slowly rising, and they're all just kind of chatting, and Goliath is feeling kind of down. Like, what the fuck did I just almost do? Almost like, well, I mean, like, you almost just killed a president, but, you know, we know it wasn't you, buddy. And apparently, <laughs> it was broadcast the world over? <laughs> we didn't see this. What? Yeah, normally when the broadcasting happens, they show a TV screen. Or at least the journalists on site. Yeah. We didn't see anything like that. Okay. That sucks. Deluxe is like, hate to break this to you guys, but that wasn't a great look for y'all. I think all the positive things we've accomplished on the news lately, that all just got erased. (laughs) Y'all fucked. (laughs) Yeah, they need a good PR person. Probably a whole team to clean this up. Fox was doing a good job. (laughs) But she's like, God damn it, guys. All my hard work down the drain. I mean, come on. The fucking Illuminati deluxe yeah. <laughs> really fucked us over here, man. He's going to be uh, sleeping on the couch tonight. She's like, your fucking organization. He's like, I didn't have anything to do with it. I tried to help. <laughs> I brought the chopper myself. <laughs> the episode ends with Goliath saying the only thing to do moving forward is to start over. Every day is a new day to shine, baby. If only it were that easy. Yeah, they're running out of time to do so because we've only got two episodes left. Damn. And that's the end of the episode, Liz. Yep. We're going to take another break. When we come back, I got a couple questions for you. Perfect. Will Jack? The gym-loving male nurse hottie managed to win the heart of the spunky blue-haired web designer Maggie? Join us to discover if this unlikely pair will have their happily ever after or fizzle out in the end. Love and Lust Season 1 is available for your listening enjoyment now at CalamityCast.com or anywhere you find podcasts. Is it you or me? I don't know. Oh, well, we both brought it back. (laughs) We're here! Hey! Liz, what did you think of this episode? Okay, I think I actually like it a bit more once we talked about it. Yeah. Like, I watched it, and I was just like, what the actual fuck? There were definitely aspects of it that I think could have been streamlined a little bit. Also, like, I don't know if you noticed this, but some of the animation was real fucking funky. When the (laughs) Brogoyles were coming to stop Goliath, it took them forever to finally land. They were just like slowly moving across the screen. And I'm just like, why does this feel like we're in slow-mo? They were using their wings as parachutes, you know, and it takes a while, I guess. I don't know. And I just know that there were several times. And I know we say this literally every episode in season three, but I feel like there were just some really funky animation shit going on. Well, that's those Canadian animators, man. God damn. They're doing their best, right? Yeah. So what do you think? Liz, I have mixed feelings about this episode, top to bottom. I like the deluxe stuff. As we always say, need more deluxe. Come on. I am okay with the idea of Goliath being brainwashed. I guess it's kind of a new-ish thing. We've seen it in other gargoyles, you know. The thing that comes to mind is DQ. Yeah. But that's a little bit different because he has a part robot brain. But we have seen stuff like that before. It's an okay concept. 
I guess it was just the little things that bugged me, you know, the repetitive nature of some of the parts of the episode, which I will not specify. <laughs> Brooklyn's weird desire to touch a lady, just smell her hair. I don't know. It's getting old. Of all the things that are going to make his characteristic and personality trait, could we have picked a little less creepy one? Stinky desperation. That's his thing. Yeah. Okay. But overall, I have positive feelings. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel too. Like, upon reflection, like initially I was just like, ugh, gross. I don't like this episode. I think the Illuminati, having been seated so long ago, should have been a more present villain throughout the series. This is only like the third or maybe fourth time we've seen them. And honestly, we could have done a whole lot less of the Quarrymen and a whole lot more of the Illuminati. Yeah, the whole season three could have been Illuminati because. It was early on in season three where Owen, or maybe it's the end of season two, where Owen says to Deluxe, so, you know, the Illuminati is not going to like what you're doing. And he's like, ah, it's fine. I don't care. (laughs) So they name drop the Illuminati and then nothing. And today when he was saving Broadway, he was like, I know I'm part of this organization and that's actually really shitty of me, but it comes in handy sometimes. So like, whatever. He made it very clear that like he doesn't agree with a lot of what they do. And he's kind of like, these guys. <laughs> Sorry. I got to do it, though. You know, it's business. Rich people probs. Speaking of the Illuminati, <laughs> if their plan was always to brainwash Goliath, why did they bother actually torturing bros? I mean, these motherfuckers can invent a brainwashing microchip, but they don't know about deep fakes. <laughs> right. Like, they didn't really have to torture the bros. Right. He had a fucking holograph. Like, he could have just made fake them and be like, look. He's drowning. And really, Broadway's just sitting there twiddling his thumbs, like, why am I in this room? Yeah. They literally showed him them dead and piled up in a pile. So, like, obviously, he had the ability to show fake shit. Right. (laughs) And they could have done that from the beginning. They could have had those three bros just hanging out, eating turkey legs (laughs) on a couch. Like, just hang out here. Guys, we're going to torture Goliath, but y'all are chill. (laughs) Yeah, we don't actually need you. We just need the idea of you. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was silly. Do you ever worry about being subjected to mental conditioning, Liz? The Google Corporation says I shouldn't, so I don't. But I was wondering how you felt about it. I feel like the last five years have taught us that it's a lot easier than people think. <laughs> so you got I hope yeah. and I like to think that I am too logical and smart for that. But, you know, I might end up in a cult one day. I like your optimism, Liz. <laughs> if I'm lucky. <laughs> Well, Liz, that's all I've got for you this week. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, listeners, we have once again reached the end of another Defenders of the Night. We would like to thank Ian, the underpants dance champ, McGowan, for composing our interstitial music. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter at easy underscore breezy underscore Mac and listen to more of his music at gooddeedmusic.bandcamp.com, which they have a new album that just released or sweetgumstl.bandcamp.com. If you want to talk gargoyles or Egon Packs Egon Packs, use the hashtag gargoyles on Twitter where we're at CalamityCast. I am at underscore DS Williams and Liz is at Zirconator. On Instagram, we're at CalamityCastNetwork. I am at underscore DS Williams and Liz is at Egon Packs. <laughs> Find us on Facebook at CalamityCast. Email us at CalamityCastNetwork at gmail.com and visit EgonPacks.com for all the pods you got Egon Packs for. How Goyles, there's still time to head to Patreon.com slash CalamityCast to support us in this and future endeavors. A Egon Packs a month is all it takes to help. Churn the pod butter. Yum. 
For a one-time contribution, you can always use paypal.me slash calamitycast. You can also Egon Packs by heading to our website, clicking on the Egon Packs link at the top of the page, and picking up some shirts. We'll be back next Egon Packs with Season 3, Episode 12 of Cargoyles, and an Egon Packs of Defenders of the Night that's doing its part to make cloaks sexy again. Egon, Egon Packs! Packs. This has been a Calamity Cast production. For more content, visit calamitycast.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.